the image that I get to see of the two of you is <laughs> <that's> great. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like with the books in the background, it really sells it all. That's really cool. It's a sophisticated podcast. Exactly. Let's talk about <laughs> pajama fights. You are now tuned in to drink this podcast. Matt and Paul G. Chatting top quality, you know they always got a free talk policy. Guests speak honestly, no apology. Full spectrum from politics to comedy. Please listen responsibly. A few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew and the crew getting wobbly. No matter this, the park place of podcast monopoly. Drink this podcast. Welcome to Drink This Podcast, where the Edmonton-based podcast where we celebrate good drinks and good conversation. My name is Matt, and sitting with me today are two special guests who we'll get to in just a moment. But first, uh, a couple of bits of business. Um, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate your uh, we do appreciate your ears turning our way. Uh, if you uh, want to engage with us on any social media platforms, you can usually find us at Drink This Pod. Uh, you can email us drinkthispod at gmail uh, or you can visit our website, drinkthispod.com, where you will find all the other Screaming Doctrine Studio shows, including the Alberta Craft Beer Guidecast and 30 Years of Dough. I just talked to the host of 30 Years of Dough, and we're going to sit down and record another episode of that very, very soon. Friend of the show, uh, Andrew Ironmonger, and uh, also uh, are a creator of the Drink This Podcast theme music, please listen responsibly. Um, and I think I said this uh, on a previous episode, but I'm going to reiterate it because it's relevant here. Um, once asked me in relation to this podcast, what do you want to learn about? Like, what do you want to know? And I thought that was a really interesting way to frame uh, how how to have people on the show and, and what to do with it. Because, like, ultimately, it's just about a bunch of guys sitting around bullshitting. Quite frankly, I'm tired of talking about Star Wars. So, like, if not that, then what? Um, recently, as in this is season uh, i developed a healthy affinity for the sport of baseball um for a number of reasons and i'm going to kind of detail that at a later a, a later date but it got me to thinking about sports as a fandom because fandom is something that we like to talk about mm-hmm. on the show quite a bit um so who better to discuss fandom than the two biggest fan fan nerds that i know uh shane wellen brandon chat say hello guys hello hey. shane brandon what's up um so it may seem weird to you that for a, if I was just talking about sports and fandom, that I would invite the owner of a comic book store and the owner of the biggest toy collection that I've ever seen in person. One of the things I want to do in the show and uh, going forward, at least sporadically, uh, is talk to people about sports fandom. Now, again, you might wonder why I've invited these two gentlemen here. While you may also remember on a previous episode, we talked a little bit about wrestling. So what better way to start off talking about sports fandom than with sports entertainment uh, <laughs> that is the world of wrestles. Yeah. So, Do you know why he changed the name to sports entertainment? I don't. Why don't you tell me? Because <laughs> reasons. he could get away with using steroids easier than if it wasn't a legitimate sport that would have to follow a specific set of rules. Interesting. So when he ended up going on like Geraldo and all those back in the day when they got busted for using all this stuff, that's when he changed the name because then their piss test is far yeah. 
the, to world wrestling entertainment. Yes, and that's why it's so that he can. So they're essentially he's not a, he delegitimized wrestling as a sport mm-hmm. so that he could have bigger, beefier dudes that kill themselves and their families. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, <laughs> we went true, there. True story. Yeah, no, I remember that. I, in fact, I know exactly what you're talking about. Let's um, let's go back to the beginning though. So, as sports fandom goes, uh, wrestling is one of note. Uh, I would say like <laughs> it, it makes the news every now and then um, for great reasons. Oh, yeah. all the time. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's something that people are like, even if you're not like a big wrestling fan, you're peripherally aware that like, oh, there's wrestling and there's people who really enjoy wrestling and they think things about that. Um, hey, look, there's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like a lot of wrestlers make the jump from wrestling to to move to film acting. As yeah. It were. But why don't you guys talk a little bit about. How you came to enjoy the sport of wrestling? Because I think Brandon was saying that like you didn't really get into it until you had the store. Yeah, well, uh, recently, uh, yeah, that's when I kind of came back to it. Um, when I was a kid, it was a little bit more through osmosis. Oh, so you had friends who liked it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I never had proper access to it. Um, it would uh, Monday Night Raw would air on Saturdays at like three p.m. on ITV. Oof. Uh, and that's always a week, uh, therefore a week out of date. Yeah. And, uh, that was, that was fine ish until it went to be a two hour show in actual airing and still only aired for an hour. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Then you're like, that's like, (laughs) so they'd set up things like what's in this box. And then you'd watch and never find out, never find out what was in this box. Find out it was the gobbledygooker. (laughs) Yeah. There you go, man. (laughs) Who is a turkey? That's a, that's a. (laughs) That was a, an, um, an that actual was a, turkey who, who wrestled. Yeah. Now I do have some experience with wrestling, uh, like with in watching wrestling regularly. Now, mm-hmm. when I was young, so like ninety six, ninety seven, ninety seven between ninety six and ninety eight. Uh, sounds about right. Yeah. I, in the same way, had like friends who were really big into wrestling, and because I didn't have a lot of friends, I wanted us to have as much to talk about as possible. That was about the peak, I think. Uh, so we watched both. We watched WW. It was WWF at the time, yep. uh, but not for much longer after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time, there was still WCW. So we watched both. And like WWF was on Mondays and Thursdays, and I think WCW Championship Wrestling was on Wednesdays. And somewhere, probably in this house, are several VHS tapes full of of monday night raw recordings um so like i was into it at the time when like kevin nash had just joined the wcw and then was was doing his own thing like they started the nwo nwo for life so good and then the (laughs) nwo fractured and there was hollywood hulk hogan's faction and the wolf pack oh man it was crazy (laughs) Uh, and then sting came down from the thing and you thought he was going to be with hogan and then he hit hogan and there was the red shirt underneath and he oh it was uh so Shane, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with wrestling? I've I've just always remembered wrestling. I distinctly remember being at the dinner table and my dad turning the TV around to face in the dining room, which only happened like on rare occasions. Yeah, and it was because Hulk Hogan was body slamming Andre the Giant, which because it ha- hadn't happened in WWF, it had never happened before. Yeah, but he'd been body slammed in Japan like a hundred thousand yeah. times, like. But it was such a big thing, and I distinctly remember that 
moment dad was like we have to watch this <laughs> so for you it's a familial thing. yeah like like that's where the the roots of it are even like when dad was here a couple of weeks ago he's like i had to watch that shit when you were a kid i was like yeah but you made me he's like nah, <laughs> <a> likely story <laughs> like, my dad took me once to see one and it like it was a big surprise and like when i was a little kid i was like five and i must have liked bret hart or something like that yeah Bret Hart was wrestling. He's at, from here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was wrestling at w, with WWF in, in the Saddle Dome, and he he said we were going to a rodeo, and I was pissed because like fuck rodeo, <laughs> even today <laughs> fuck rodeo. Um, but then we showed up, and it was WWF, and I was very very happy. So, Brendan, what brings you if if it's initially peripheral or by osmosis, what brings you fully into the fold? Um really kind of goes hand in hand with like comics or whatever long term or long form storytelling um but if i'm being perfectly honest um it was wwe's nxt brand and nxt yeah so it's their developmental wing it's like a farm club it's, for it's Raw? totally a farm team yeah so uh huh. they uh it's where they uh kind of train everybody and so they've got a training facility down in florida and then once you get to a certain point, you go on the NXT TV show because they're also training you for where hard cam it's is. It's in Florida? Yeah. <laughs> where where the hard cam is, where uh, everything's at. And then you get to a certain point there and they put you on their big shows, which are live. And so... Right. Um, so first you just like... You're wrestling in front of a crowd, obviously. Yeah. But it's only like in the room live. Yeah. And are, is it like a touring event? Is it in the same place all the time? It it tours now but where where they tend to do the the main show is just the training facility right. and a room full of people who are very excited like, right but not a huge crowd like it's not yeah oh, but it's like the the takeovers are pretty huge now oh, which yeah. is their big kind of pay-per-view style events right that they do um and so that you was, wrestle in the room and then you move on to like there's a television show there's and yeah. there's a live event beyond just a regular television show the other thing too is they'll bring in like Samoa Joe was in TNA forever. Like he was and one Ring of, the, of Honor and yeah. Ring of Honor. Like he was one of the last Wait, holdouts. TNA wrestling is still a thing. Still a thing. It's called Impact now. But that's what it is. Yeah. Huh. I can't. I'm kind of shocked that that still and exists. Oh, everybody is because it has almost it has almost gone out of business at least twenty well, times. It, it has always like even when I watched wrestling, it was the Kmart of wrestling shows. Now it's owned by some Canadians. Oh, there you go. So it's the Zellers of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, continue. So you, you get into watching this, um, yeah. So farm club wrestling, yeah, pretty much. Because um, they um, WWE had uh, started up their network, which is basically like their Netflix, where they have actually everything yeah. that they've done, pretty much. Really, um, and their and WCW because since they bought they, them, they have all the tapes. Yeah, whenever they essentially bought a promotion, they bought the video rights, and so they've just got tapes for days a promotion is like a the the company that yeah okay. exactly and um once upon a time it was territories <laughs> back in the day uh and uh so what they then started doing was bigger shows kind of like uh nxt versions of wrestlemania right um and the first one they had on there uh i started watching that and that promotion isn't afraid to be weird. Okay. Uh, which I love because the whole point of wrestling is this is obviously ridiculous. Is it obvious though? It depends on the person, <laughs> right? Um, but 
just sort of leaning into it instead of pretending yeah. otherwise, which is what WWE tries right. to do today is just pretend otherwise. So really going hard on the, this is ridiculous. And they're, they had like, a female wrestler named blue pants. Oh yeah. Blue pants. Yeah. She, well, she was a happy accident too. She yeah. was just enhan- enhancement talent that got over really. What's enhancement talent. So, uh, Oh my God, there's so much yeah, language. You basically oh, yeah. brought in, uh, you're like an independent wrestler and WWE calls you and says, Hey, we need a warm body for somebody to beat. Right. We don't want to, we don't want to feed any, uh, of our established people to them because then, you know, wins and losses, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 So, so they need enhancement talent to enhance. Right. So they bring you in. You're, you're essentially there to lose. Yeah. Which a, you would be a jobber. Yeah. A jobber. Yep. Yeah. So it's just you're a job. Doing a, you're doing a job. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and so this wrestler named Blue Pants, in fact, wears blue pants. Yeah, she uh, she she showed up to get wrecked, and then the, uh, the crowd loved her so much because a she was super talented, and b uh, she was just a little bit like kind of goofy when she came in, and that crowd just loves goofy shit. Okay. Um, and you've seen people move from this in, ooh, oh, hey. into WWE. In this into WWE, yeah. yeah. Oh, hundred percent, and uh, it's it's a big thing. You get called up essentially, but um, they do call it call ups. Yeah, nice. and uh, what I know what, what that twigged word means. me was this uh, match between uh, Sami Zayn and Antonio Cesaro. It was like a two out of three falls match or whatever. But the storytelling they do in the match basically, uh, Sami Zayn had won one on a fluke because Antonio Cesaro was one of the established stars mm-hmm. from the upper brands. Uh, like I forget Raw or SmackDown or whatever, um, and uh, had come down to uh, get more eyes on the product, right? Right. Uh, beat him once. Uh, Antonio Cesaro won the second one, and so they're doing this big final match. And the storytelling in that match um, was what really grabbed me because uh, they do a little bit of a previous uh, uh, previous. Um, what happened before package so that I know what's going on. on. Yeah. Uh, which is always appreciated uh, when you're just stepping in. Um, and they would incorporate bits of those matches in there, like things that fell one of them, the one time they have a counter for, right. And the other, the other time they have a counter for, and so they kind of build that. And then they, and then in the match, they keep, um, countering things that they, (coughs) that they'll try and building this, big story and for Sami Zayn it's all about like I can do this I can beat you I deserve your respect and uh it gets to this boiling point um so there's actual like narrative happening even when mm -hmm. they're wrestling yeah how does that work it's all in uh because it's all essentially improv right Um, so they walk like when they walk out like come down the fucking ramp and the yeah. music and the fireworks and shit. And then like myself and the other wrestler have some kind of interaction. And I'm assuming that's what enhances the plot of the, of the overall yeah. narrative. And, uh, they're usually given a time limit that they've got a, that they have to work with. And so you, uh, you usually build the match to a fever point. Right. Uh, because if you get the crowd too hot too soon, then it's, then it cools off and then it doesn't huh. do what you want. Um, and you usually have a few spots that you want to do, uh, uh, either storytelling things or whatever. Some people just call it on the fly. Other people have like, they literally call it in the ring and you can kind of see them 
muttering a bit. They yeah. know where the hard cam is, so they're facing away and they right. talk. Um, but uh, for NXT, they they do these storytelling things, and and this was the main thing that grabbed me. Um, it builds to this fever fever point. At one point in the match, they do this weird like um, combination that sees them both of them in midair. Uh, one of them grabs the other and they do both of them not touching the ground, like two flips. It's stunning. Jesus. Yeah. And you're watching this losing your mind and that doesn't even do the, the final fall. There's a, there's a moment in, in there where Cesaro does a big move and Sami Zayn kicks out at one and everybody loses their minds. And Cesaro is like running around like what, what is happening? Because it's still pretty far into the match. Because nobody kicks out at one right. from a big move, whatever. So it's little things like that that you, um, yeah, like protected moves that people end up being able to break out early of. That's a big deal, whatever. So they're building this up. And Sami Zayn, who's the underdog, actually loses the match. And you're kind of like, oh. Cesaro kind of walks out. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Kind of walks out. Walks back in. Um, picks him up and actually just kind of like gives him a, a hug and says like, you did good. Aww. And so Cesaro wins, but Sami Zayn, like he was fighting for respect. Right. And he actually to go to the distance and got that. And so like Rocky and shit, yeah. put him over. Exactly. In that moment, um, Cesaro doesn't look weak <laughs> coming from the, the upper leagues basically. Right. And Sami Zayn gets what he wants and still gets to be built as this, like, uh, underdog good guy. Right. Because he got beat, but he also did, he done did good. Exactly. Huh. And that was, that was the match that was like, do I, do I like this? Are we going to do this? And I, I have no regrets, especially with the NXT product has been phenomenal. And like, so how do you, how do you get access to that? Like. By that I mean, where does the access come without intent, right? Like I couldn't, I couldn't a watch pal, a, basically. A, okay, so somebody has to bring you into the showing fold. me and basically like, look, you need to see this. I'm like, okay, but the the seeds were already there. You just like, oh, absolutely, okay, because a lot of it is and like, I uh, I own a comic store. I'm I'm very much into the long form storytelling and mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff and storytelling in general. Um a lot of it really does for me uh liking it have its roots in superhero comics okay. um the good guys the bad guys uh ridiculous reasons to fight that do, like really mean nothing so in the narrative portion of this because like we might as well talk about it as storytelling because i'm assuming we're all adults that understand that this is fake what or- <laughs> <laughs> no it's not that would be a smark a what <laughs> Okay. Uh, yay. Do it. Do it. So there, a smart. A smart, which is a smart mark. Okay. So a lot of the, the terminology that wrestling still uses today comes from carny days. Okay. So things like jobber or um, heel faces. Um, What's a faces? So a heel is a bad guy. A I face is a good guy. Oh, okay. Uh, it comes from baby face. Okay. Um, For their shaven faces. Mm. Um. Where I was going, a mark. Oh, so you're anytime like a carny is looking at someone that they think they can take money from, they're a mark. a mark. So that very much 
comes into the play with wrestling fans because there are those who are before were like this is real and you know you can't break that fantasy world so there are people today who believe that wrestling is real i really hope not but the yeah the reason why he's saying smart is the the idea that um shut up and take my money they know but they're not gonna break and i'm gonna use another word here kayfabe uh, which is a made-up word. I looked this up. Uh, Thor told me that all words are made up. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a made-up word uh, that was used, again, like way back in the day as code so that people who were marks didn't understand what, what the they were talking was? about that would basically break the illusion. Right. That I'm a bad guy, you're a good guy, that that type of thing. That we don't all go out for beers after the show. They yeah, did, exactly. and then they would get in trouble by Vince McMahon because they were breaking kayfabe, especially like back in the '80s when it was at its like the rock and roll wrestling era. My one of my favorite things is uh, everyone being jealous of uh, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase because his gimmick was I have a lot of money, so they would just give him hundred dollar bills to give to people. So he what? Yeah, like legitimate real hundred dollar yep. bills. Yeah, uh, so like. He he wasn't allowed to tip under a hundred dollars because he had a lot of <laughs> money. He's the million yeah. dollar man. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like like that kind of stuff. So, th- is there a point where wrestling has to come out and be like, "Yeah, we're writing"? This oh, absolutely. Shit? In the history of of the sport, they they do it more now, especially now that there's um, the internet. Well, well the internet <laughs> plus uh, reality television. Um, well, I was gonna say it seems to me like really extensive quote-unquote unscripted television they call uh they call this area of wwe the reality era okay and part of it is because they're reality shows and part of it is because now what they'll end up doing is if a rumor ends up going out there sometimes it's because the wwe put it out there and so it's another way that they're working you it's another way that you're a mark and so now when you when you read like internet rumors of like oh this person's injured or or it's whatever probably the, it's probably the wwe and it depends yeah huh. like sometimes it's real sometimes it isn't uh sometimes... so they're kind of playing on the fine line between the real and the fake and in the in the narrative is it like how do i is the story yeah. of the show so when you say raw and smackdown this i do know yeah. raw and smackdown are two different shows yeah that have two different casts uh, at this point yes everybody like that's on raw doesn't like is separate from smackdown correct at this point yes Al. yes i mean i know that there's crossover sometimes and people go from one to the other and and there's been when it started they weren't two different brands it was just two shows right they did a brand split they stopped it and they're back to doing a brand split because they do that when they have a lot of people on staff that they can and then it's a more formal uh way to tour two different yeah groups of people you can get you can fill two arenas as opposed to one exactly um so in in the context of the narrative of the show because like before we started recording brandy you called it a hill hillbilly soap opera or did Mm -hmm. you say that it was him him? okay so is the story like there are a bunch of traveling performers like do you know what i mean like there's there's how do they explain that these people seem to live in fucking arenas there's a there's a lot of plot points that are just like so and so is coming to the arena like all of all of that stuff i um it's a res- it's a tv show about a wrestling show yeah that's what i mean like yeah, it's pretty it's much meta yeah. in the sense it's yeah. a show about a show yeah yeah there's there's sometimes when uh 
people will get mad at like somebody and then take it out on the production crew but it's really like somebody who's actually a wrestler actor that nobody knows yeah right uh, especially if they actually throw them you know for sure that's a a wrestler that's just dressed up like a grip or like a lot of their a lot of their backstage people are former wrestlers and so they know how to take a bump bump. (laughs) which is what that's called when you just when you get beat on for when you pretend to be you can even see like sometimes when they need like a whole crew of people yeah an older match you're like hey that guy in that suit cm punk like before he was that (laughs) or hey that's shane mcmahon refereeing a a match because nobody knew who shane mcmahon was yeah Yeah. is shane mcmahon in fact the son of vince mcmahon yes he is that's actually so vince mcmahon is just a carnival barker with zero percent body fat yes that is that is a hundred percent what it is and uh uh, I will say, like, full-on evil genius. Like em- evil? Emphasis- oh, well, just, just things like every all the wrestlers are essentially contractors. You're kidding me. Yeah. That's there's, disgusting. There's only a couple oh, yeah. that have, like, a guarantee amount. That's disgusting. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have health care. What? Yeah. Which is to- why they founded WWE Studios, which uh, makes films that a lot of the wrestlers cameo in so that they can get healthcare through SAG. Why not just give them fucking health? Oh, cause SAG pays for it. Of course. Exactly. Fuck. Then they don't have to pay for what it. What a scumbag. For, for the cost of a production of a movie, you can give healthcare to, to wrestlers, which is expensive. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the, like, that's why I've never had, I've said this before. I've never had an issue with sports, with athletes that make millions of dollars a year. Because your career is going to be 20 years if you're lucky. Maybe, yeah. Uh, and if you make it that long, you will be fucking crippled when you are done. Uh, so you need especially all... Especially wrestlers. Especially wow. wrestlers. Yeah, There's exactly. A class action lawsuit against uh, with a bunch of former wrestlers who all have brain damage against the WWE. Jesus and Christ. Vince McMahon specifically. Yeah. And he, you're not kidding. Like, he really... Like, not only was he a heel in that show, because yeah. when I was watching it, he was the biggest heel of them all. Exactly, yeah. Um, he is in fact a heel in real life. Oh, a hundred percent is. Yeah. Oh, that's so fucked up. Um, but like those people, yeah. The, the undeniable thing of, you know, taking, taking what was WWE and doing a risk like WrestleMania and doing a risk, like adding more shows, doing, doing whatever and building what he did. Genius. However, I find that anyone who finds a way to amass a billion dollars is evil. Yeah, if you're that rich, it means that a lot of people did a lot of work and you took all of the money. Yep. Yeah. Um, and especially athletes. Pay your fucking athletes, man. That's so they, fucked they up. They get paid a ridiculous yeah. amount of money, too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, like, the lowest person on the card is still making six figures, for sure. Oh, okay. But for how many years? Yeah, exactly. For how long? Um, like six figures is fine, but and they've they've been getting a little bit better. Like if you've ever been on the WWE payroll, they will pay for your rehab for anything. Right. Look Just, at, but look to, at Sunny. When, <laughs> yeah. To the Poor but girl. to the end of getting you back on television. Right? No, but, not even like. No, like you don't work for them, and you haven't worked for them for twenty, thirty years. They will pay for your rehab. Oh, okay. Yeah. For from drugs? Yes. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I see. I thought you meant like physiotherapy. No, like physiotherapy, you have to get injured in the ring. But there's also sort of that like you can get injured outside of work. You could come to the show and then be like, ah, my leg. And they'd be like, sounds good. Yeah. 
Um, but putting people through rehabilitation programs is more about your fucking image than is it is about 100%. getting them healthy. It's because yeah. you they don't you don't want it to, you don't want one of your ex employees to be out there. The contractor thing came up fairly recently because uh, Trump's like director of small businesses is Linda McMahon, Vince's wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, and everyone was like, "A, that's not a small business." Yeah. And like, B, it fucks over its employees. Exactly. So that was a fun thing. Kind of like making Rick Perry the Secretary of Energy or whatever the fuck they yeah, tried exactly. to make him. Like, why? Why? Because he's from Texas and <laughs> do you think that Texas has oil? Well, I mean, it does, but that doesn't make you a fucking oil expert. Mm-mm. Jesus Christ. So we re- this really has everything. It has workers' disputes and owners and... Oh, it's bonkers. Like, in, in, mm-hmm. in industry disputes. Yeah. So is this what grabs you about it? Like, is this what keeps you here? Uh, I guess for you, like you said, it was the narrative. For me, a lot of it's the narrative. And then, like, the other part of it is the fascination of all that outside stuff. Uh, because, uh, you know, how how does so-and-so, like, having a baby affect yeah. storyline? How does an injury, how does, um, you know, actual disputes, why does someone disappear off of television? Mm-hmm. Um so as I'm watching, because uh, I'm I'm actually trying to watch uh, my gap in wrestling through the network. As I'm watching, I'm like, what happened to this person? Look up on Wikipedia. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Like 99% of them are like, oh, boy. <laughs> like Shawn Michaels? Is he still a wrestler? No. Ish. Um, he, trains, he trains wrestlers at the Performance Center. Okay. Um, he's super into Jesus now. Oh no! Super really? into Jesus now. Uh, Lots of them go that route. Million Dollar Man's a he's a pastor. Yeah, uh, like a born again Christian. Really, there's yeah. a high proponent of um, religious conversion. Uh, that and conspiracy theorists. Well, that I believe. <laughs> yeah, Jesse, the Jesse Body Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. They did land on the moon, brother. Yeah, I thought it was that. That was a Randy Savage thing. The no, brother, brother is uh, Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay. That ruins one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> this guy and I used to work together. That's because Hulk Hogan's a horrible human being. Well, that that too. and he always was. But, but this guy, we would hang out after work, and he would we would play music, like we'd play guitar. And, um, but he used to do Wilco songs as Rando Rand as Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> my, like my favorite line was, "I dreamed of killing you last night, brother." <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, I'm fine with it. It was just, it's like not quite as good. What about you, Shane? What uh, what is it that is it? The, do you like the story? Is it the like? Is it the action of it all? Um, when I was a kid, it was definitely that superhero aspect. As a GI Joe fan, as a kid, there you go. There's Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, like, legit. Like there's that crossover. Is he a you GI mean, Joe? You yes. mean Iraqi defector? Yeah. Shh. Sergeant Slaughter. What? <laughs> What's oh. happening? Yeah. Oh. In like early '90s, late '80s, or whatever, uh, when he turned heel, he defected from the American uh, military to Iraq during like the original. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. legit. He defected to the Iraqi army. Yes. You're kidding me. <laughs> um, oh, my God. wrestling is bonkers, it's my a, friend. And he You had, could never do that now. You he had never. the Iron Sheik was his well, I'll manager. I'll tell you a story about something recent. The um, Iron Sheik what? Th- was his manager. Isn't the Iron Sheik just curse at people? Like, yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> he sure does. He's, I'm pretty sure he's I follow that guy on Twitter. And all broken old dude who's just like, yeah. I'll break you and make you humble. It's like, ah, 
exactly. He was always that way. Yeah, but just saying ridiculous stuff. Huh. He got caught in a car with a bag of coke, and him and Roddy Piper. And he, uh, I think he blamed. Who else was in that car? I can't remember. But it was the Iron Sheik's coke, and he tried to pin it on Roddy Piper, <laughs> like, <laughs> like for real. For real, real life? like oh Jesus, outside of it kit, was him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did it, not yeah. me. So. It does it follow that uh, Morrison, Morrison Grant Morrison, not Vit, not uh, Van Morrison, uh, describes the, the cyclical nature of comic book storytelling, and like in his book, he really centers it around nine eleven, and like pre nine eleven, we had the Miller, like Authority, vigilante, yeah. dark ass, like f- you know, standing again in in opposition to authority figures, and like post nine eleven. Superheroes really turned into these like shining beacons of of authoritarian power. You know what? Uh, a lot of that I can see in wrestling, especially like pre nine eleven. You have yeah. Uh, well, nine eleven did change the Attitude Era and Steve Austin and D Generation X, and then nine uh, eleven happens, and SmackDown is literally the first large gathering that happens after nine eleven. They'll actually like these days. It's also pretty gross uh, because they'll be like they'll like tout it out whenever something happens or huh. especially when they um when uh saddam hussein was uh caught caught and killed caught and killed um that apparently happened right at the end of a pay-per-view <laughs> so after after it goes off the air john cena comes out and i remember this line uh perfectly uh compromised saddam hussein to a permanent end <laughs> <laughs> compromised that's, to a permanent end that's fucked up so is my and friend. everyone's like yeah usa 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 oh pretty much uh the next night it was actually scheduled the rock was uh on raw after a, a long time of not being on raw and he right. starts off because it was just going to be sort of like a a fun thing with him he's just like god bless him. and like just going full into it and you used to be a stampeder yeah and you can tell like I'm, I've been watching that that wrestling gap, and you can tell afterwards there is a very, uh, there's a slight shift, but then they go back because like Vince McMahon is Vince McMahon, like he's still the greatest heel in wrestling. Yeah. So it, it, a lot of anti-authoritarian stuff does is there. Hmm. Interesting. This mm-hmm. is fascinating. I, I, it's something I was like peripherally aware of, but it's such a because it is so. It is scripted sports, right? Which is yeah. something that I find I really enjoy about sport is that there's no spoilers. Like you literally can't know mm-hmm. what the end, what the outcome is. Uh, and for something that that everybody involved already knows how it's going to end. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's why I brought two. Yeah. Um, how do you like? How do you generate interest in that? Because it's all like it's all fake. Like ultimately. I, I know that you know that you're going to lose one way or the other. I like. I mean, do do ya? Because stuff happens all the time where you just like literally go, "What? What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they toss up that ex brother. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, basically, in a match, if someone's hurt for real, yeah. the referee will hold up his arms in a big X. And then, like, medical people will show up. Really? Now, of course, because reality and everybody knows that, sometimes they do that. Just to fuck with you? Yeah. So, so you now really don't all of their, know. Yeah, now all of their old tricks are 
are could new also again. be like <laughs> they're deacon you out. Yeah, because they're like we know you know, so fuck you. So we're gonna we're gonna do this to mess with you. Yeah. So it's it really it's gonna be the gift that keeps on giving. Like mm-hmm. we will always have professional wrestling. Yeah, and because everything old is new again. It's a also look at some of the wrestlers that are still in it that you can follow a timeline of their character development over the course of decades. Mm-hmm. Like how many characters in fiction do you have? Li- literally decades of material on them, not just like then it was twenty years later and here's what happened to them in that twenty years. No, here's what happened to them on Monday. Uh huh. I was going to say comics, but that's not really the same thing. Well, and The Undertaker's definitely going to die in the ring. Yeah. Like, actually die in oh the ring. Oh, my God. He just keeps coming back. They just, like... I thought he retired. They keep throwing... That oh. will, yeah. At that WrestleMania, like, he Is, laid down his hat and everything, but um, then Saudi Arabia uh-huh, uh, gave uh, Vince McMahon a shit ton of money, and so those shows are apparently so rich that he's like, yeah, I'll do that. Um... Now, this actually goes back to my, like, uh, when I was like, oh, I'll tell you something that happened recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, tell me. Um, so they're in Saudi Arabia, and they have uh, these two wrestlers from, well, kayfabe from, um, their their last name is Davari. So Never I want to say Israel. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah, 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 probably. Yeah. And they come out, and they're just like... Boo all of you. This country is terrible. Israel is better. And everyone's like, boo. How do, really? They got a, an arena full of Americans to boo No, Israelis? they were in Saudi Arabia. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that it's... show is bonkers, especially because uh, the the first several rows are people not paying attention at all because they don't care because it's this big event that the saudi arabia government uh monarchy is putting on so it's a status thing and so there's people in the front row just glad handing or whatever and then there's like rows and rows and rows and rows of people behind them who actually <laughs> are from the country who yeah. are just like "Ooh, this is so cool but yeah it, it was so bizarre to be like what is what because usually the front row is just like yeah huh so like, oh bizarre that's crazy I feel like there's a Metalocalypse episode about that where they like play on the on the border of Israel and Palestine or some such shit. Well, and they couldn't bring any of their female wrestlers. No, of course not, because um, women can't. And uh, they made the mis- quote mistake of showing a promo for one of their upcoming events that had some female wrestlers in it. Yeah. And immediately, the Saudi Arabia government had to tweet out a thing saying like. We are outraged and we are very sorry to the population of Saudi Arabia that you had to see that. I'm sure they were okay with it. Yeah, I'm sure everyone was okay with it. <laughs> sure was just, they were just, just wearing their regular wrestle clothes. Yeah. So. Are they still called divas? No. No, they are, they are, as of three years ago, now just all called superstars. Uh, so it took till 2015. Wow. Oh, yeah. They're, they're doing a lot recently. Yeah. Uh in in getting towards that but really it's because culture has done a lot recently going towards that yeah so we've talked a lot about um like professional televised international wrestling but you guys are into some some weird local fucking shit like stampede wrestling or something like that i haven't been to it yet but i've been to small independent they used to come to the legion yeah pretty much um, yeah. 
like uh chris jericho talks about like his first show was in lacombe at, <laughs> at moose hall you're kidding me no no lies no the the legion at the in cameras used to get like once or twice a year rest like i don't yeah. know if it was stampede wrestling or what it might have been like calgary was home to stampede wrestling mm-hmm. of course um edmonton um i would say bang for your buck the money is pwa i don't say that just because we sell their tickets we don't make any money off of those right. tickets you're just helping to promote them. And what is what's PWA for the for those who don't know? Uh, explain a bit about PWA. Prairie Wrestling Alliance. Um, it's a it's just a a local uh, wrestling promotion that runs here in Calgary and Edmonton. Um, Ten months of the year because they take take off December and they give everyone like July off as well. Right. Um, and I I really enjoy that because um. That's the stuff that my wife Danica actually enjoys. She right. can't watch the televised stuff because she's just like, "Huh, eh, neat." Yeah. Um, but seeing somebody like jump up onto a top rope and do and corkscrew their body and then flip it over at the same time and land on some dude, she's just like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> so it's the it's the difference between seeing it like in the room versus seeing it on television. Really, yeah, like, pretty much changes yeah. that. Interesting. Yeah, there's there's such a weird dynamic. Um, also, one of the things I love is, uh, and I think partly because they hold theirs now at, it's a Northgate Senior Center. Right. Um, the most, uh, the most into it fans, the most uh, ones that like go right along the lines of like good guy, bad guy, are the olds, these sixty plus year old people who are in the front row just going bonkers and it's really? amazing how many people show up to this shit um they've filled uh fairly recently they filled the nate gym okay um and i think that was like 500 people right um all right that's not terrible and for a... yeah and like 100 to 200 people at the at the senior center i think really yeah jesus that's mm-hmm. like I guess I, I don't know that like I, I'm not familiar with the venue or the size of it. It, it like 500 seems like a fair number of people for an independent mm-hmm. for sure. Like I'm trying to like relate it to, well, we sold tickets for Fringe Festival. We had this many seats and we filled it this time. Yeah. Um, and th- so this is like a profitable venture for them. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, they they've c- been, they've been running for man. I can't remember. They literally have an anniversary show that we went to. So 18 years. Right. And uh, so you have yet to attend a PWA show? No, I've seen a couple of independent shows. Like I won tickets when I was in Winnipeg to their local promotion and they had popped up in the middle of a dance club and they turned the dance floor into the ring Yeah, and we had VIP, I'd won VIP tickets. So we were up on the balcony where the VIP lounge Mm -hmm. was, Mm -hmm. but it was also where all the wrestlers were getting ready and (laughs) like, and I really wanted to go because... Uh, the Road Dog, Jesse James, the Badass Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, they were there with Hardcore Holly, so I got to go. I know all of those oh, names. Dang. Yeah, I got to go backstage and meet them, and like that they were just hanging out back there the whole time, and I got schmackered. But, <laughs> but you got we, Badass oh Billy my, Gunned. We, I got so drunk, but top five drunk without throwing up. Like, yeah, that's nice. Nice. So that's a good. That's a good top five, by yeah. the way. I'm going to remember that. Um, um, that I stole that from workaholics. Oh, is it? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was also yeah. thinking, like, what, awesome. what about top five puking rallies? Yeah. <laughs> but, 
But it was very much this vibe. Like there were metal chairs and we got to see all the local guys, but they were all behind us. So we would watch them wrestle. They would come back up st- upstairs to where we were. And then we would rap with them about wrestling. Like, yeah, that's was, really like, cool. One of the local guys was like the, the mad native who went out on the, into the ring and went, oh, you white Winnipeggers stole my land. And like, just. And everyone's like, boo. Yeah, like, Cause like, well, yeah. And that then sounds he, uncomfortable. <laughs> and then he came up and he was just talking with us. Like, it was very, it was very cool. Cause my buddy was like, what's your finisher move? Axe handle off the second rope. And it was just like, yeah. Cause that was like the Macho Man's finisher. <laughs> so there's a measure. I'm then I'm just, like, you've, t- Brandon, you talked about like working the crowd and like you don't want to oh, whip 100%. them into a frenzy yeah. Yeah. like you're like you're talking about so there's a measure of crowd work involved in this then so like when you go you're gonna like you're gonna boo and shit and like that's that's the point is to get all whipped into a frenzy exactly yeah huh and uh if if a heel's doing their job no matter how uh how cool their move is immediately afterwards you're just like boo <laughs> that guy sucks yeah exactly even though and he's really good yeah exactly like <laughs> boo there's a there's a few wrestlers in particular at pwa who are just like wow you are super talented uh but they're bad guys <laughs> so we must boo um and yeah like part of it for me is out of respect because i'm like one one of them shops at the comic store <laughs> <laughs> really one of them's a regular yeah he loves uh runaways really yeah and uh like he's he's a he's a youth um and uh and yeah he'll he'll like talk about like a whole bunch of stuff like it uh they're all they're all regular people um i i explained to danica like after a show uh one time because they're all just they all like do ring tear down and whatever and they're out and they're talking with people a lot of times um uh especially well and us because we like kind of sponsor them ish um and uh promote them yeah and I, and I walk away every time being like, this is still so weird to me because I have this weird switch in my brain that's Russell brain. <laughs> so like, you want to be like, that guy's a piece of shit. Everybody get him. Kind of. <laughs> um, and like, they're, they're like the nicest people. And I like, I understand when I'm watching a movie or TV show, like mm-hmm. those are actors. When I'm watching wrestling, I'm like I even know and appreciate and I'm just like well that's that's the heel i know and especially with this like i know that person in r- real life so i'm gonna boo them even though i like them uh and then they come after the show and they're so nice to me and i'm just like why are you being nice to me you're an <laughs> asshole my, like there's this voice in my brain just being like why is he being nice to you he's he's gonna turn on you that's, that's what's gonna weird, happen like animal instinct bullshit <laughs> yeah and then like the the same part of my brain is just like shut up like this is this isn't real everybody's pretending yeah this show in winnipeg that i saw there was like a luchador guy he was like a tall lanky white guy in a luchador helm mask and he was pretty good but he was the bad guy so i was like boo and i'm up there and i'm like four beer in at this point and there's a tap on my shoulder and i turn around and it's this guy that worked with my girlfriend at the time selling washing machines at the big sears Mm -hmm. i was like hey what are you doing here and then he holds up the luchador mask. He's like, this is me. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I just told you to go to hell. Yeah. yeah one, of, one of my pals was like, yeah, uh, one of their champions for the longest time was my manager at Radio Shack. Because <laughs> local wrestling doesn't pay no, well. No, 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 no. Um, I, I do enjoy it. That's something I kind of like 
both love and hate about minor league or low level sports is yeah. chances are that, that dude has a day job. Oh, a hundred percent. Uh, up to it, including the CFL. Cause all those dudes have day jobs. Yeah. Okay, folks, we're going to put a pin in that one right there. Stay tuned for part two of this conversation coming up next time on drink this podcast. Uh, we do appreciate your patience while we've been a little bit busy, uh, here at drink this pod in both our professional and personal lives. So our, our schedule's gotten a little muddled, but we were back on track now. Uh, and you'll be seeing some bonus content show up in the Patreon feed for those of you who subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash SD studios. Uh, if you want to hit us up, hit me up personally. I'm at slingsbot. We are at drink this pod on all the social medias, as I believe we said at the top of the show. Uh, and if you've been enjoying this wrestling conversation, there is more to come. So thank you so much for listening. My name is Matt, and until next time, we will drink with you again soon.